welcome to Family Cycles, Episode 2. This is Part 2 of our three-part series with Sean Morrison. So without further ado, here's Part 2. <laughs> All right, so uh, Sean, going back into it, um, how did you track where you were going? So during the course of your uh, trip, did you use GPS? Did you use just a map, uh, your phone? Uh, what method did you use? So my phone actually broke um, <laughs> in like Northern California-ish, uh, maybe maybe a little bit after that. Uh, the, the, the humidity... Just the, the weather that's constantly foggy, uh, just got phone damage. Just, I, you know, back when it was flip phones, right? Um, yeah, it just got, it broke. My buddy had an iPhone 4, though, uh, if that's dating this trip. Wow. Yeah, and uh, he used, we used that a lot for GPS, which is probably why, you know, we ended up on an Air Force base. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was really just, um, just the GPS and uh, luck. So I got to the, the point where, you know, he would say, okay, you know, it's two miles and we're going to turn right. And I could very easily know when we were at two miles. And it's like that, it, it's, it's this weird sense that you just sort of develop as you go. Um, but it's jacked me up because now Caitlin, you know, we're driving in the car and she's like, oh, it's two miles down the road and I will blow, blow straight past it. Right? <laughs> like, like, so it's just your sense of direction, uh, my sense of direction grew a lot on the trip. And so GPS, um, and we use the ACA maps, um, as just sort of guide, uh, a guide. So if you would do it now, considering the advances in technology since the iPhone four, <laughs> would you, would you think that an iPhone in itself would be sufficient enough to be able to help you across? Uh, I probably would not use the GPS, uh, if I were to go, uh, again, um, I met a guy in, uh, at the, at the, at the hot springs actually, who was touring. He started in New Jersey. He's an English, uh, he's from the UK and he was coming to California from New Jersey. So the opposite direction of me. And he was only using a compass. Wow. Yeah. And, and that really, uh, connected with me on a lot of levels because you're out there, you're, you're, you're there to see America. And if, you know, America is printed on a map or on a, on a GPS, uh, and it says, Hey, visit this, 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 I don't, it sort of takes away from the spontaneity of it. And the, you know, the, the, the accidental, um, awesomeness that you might find. Yeah. Keeping it really organic and just letting exactly. the load, exactly. the road lead you to where you need to, we need to go. I, I got it. Yeah, I, I, I have a quick question. Uh, when you were riding and you were hitting the mountains or you were hitting the wind, uh, how do you keep going through days like that? That's a great question. Uh, <laughs> uh, so the mountains, the Sierra Nevada mountains were absolutely punishing for me. Um, but I used the literally I used the fuel that my dad gave me, you know, saying that I couldn't do it to get through. Yeah, I, I'm, a, I'm very much a, an underdog guy. I love the underdog story. And I use that a lot for motivation, motivation. Um, but as far as how do you just keep going? It's, it was that mentality that every pedal stroke, I'm just going closer home. Yeah. Right. Mm. Like that, that's, uh, that's all it is. It's just, keep moving forward and eventually it will be over because you'll get to the point where, you know, you're at the top of the hill. You're like, yes, I did it. Now I get to relax on this downhill. 
but then you know at the bottom of the downhill you're gonna have to do it again so it doesn't matter what part of the mountain you're on you're like man this is just gonna keep grinding but eventually you know the the mountains stop and it gets flat again and uh, you know you just have a different set of problems to overcome and uh, as long as you have somebody to, to to do that with i think that it makes all of that bearable yeah and as long as you're you don't have the cowbell you're doing all right <laughs> So what mileage did you have going up the mountains? The mountains? Uh, it depends on which mountain. There was one day um, where we were going up Carson Pass. One mountain took us three days to get up, right? Oh, but, wow. Yeah, but we went downhill for an entire day. I, I think I pedaled like four times uh, all the way down because you're on the backside of the, what's that? Um, the mountain, like the, the, the mountain range is the Sierra Nevadas, but it's, it has a name, Continental Divide. Um, yeah. yeah, you're going down past that, past that, and so you just cruise. Wow. Those are the days I'm really looking forward to. Oh, man. <laughs> the, the, so, of course so, you are. Of course yeah, you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to yeah. mute you right now. <laughs> <laughs> Were there yeah, routes? So, are there yeah. Were there routes you didn't have to go through that kind of mountain? Were there easier passes? Probably. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's the, the mountain range on the west coast is just kind of all the way, all the way yeah. north. Yeah. Um, so you're saying if we start in LA, maybe it won't be so bad. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Best of luck. I think yeah. there's the mountains down there. But, yeah. but here's the thing. Here's the thing. So Jeff and I have talked about this at length. We would go through four days of like either blistering cold or rain or sore butts or mountains that we couldn't get over uh, fighting at each other's throats. But then on that fifth day, it is sunshine, wind at your back, flat, you know, all the food in the world that you could eat. And you are just so happy that those <laughs> other four days don't matter at all. Like you would do it 10 times again. Yeah. So that actually takes me to the next question I have, which is when, you know, you say you're, you just said, uh, you, know, you have all the food that you can have. So obviously some, some areas that you go through are not going to be as, um, great for food stops and everything else. You're going to go yeah, through some area areas. <laughs> yeah. That's a good way to put it. So how did do you have any concerns with transiting through barren areas with no support because you guys didn't you guys weren't supported right you just carried or pulled everything carried everything on your bike right right so yeah we went through the loneliest road in america um and there's a sign uh, at one point that says you know last last gas station for like 350 miles or something like that oh, wow yeah wow. and so we obviously stocked up on water and as much um as many honey buns and trash junk food as we could throw on our bikes but we still ran out of water. Um, Jeff ended up getting uh, like dehydrated, like severely dehydrated on that part. Uh, it, it got a little, little precarious, if you will. But then, you know, as I don't know if you're familiar with the um, uh, the Appalachian Trail and the term trail magic. No. Right. Okay. So, so bad, this like uh, thanks to like the people that are out there and support you. Right. Is that what that is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're walking along, you're having a bad day, you meet somebody and then boom, they have marshmallows and it just makes your life, right? And it's just trail yeah. magic, right? And so we're going along and 
Jeff, we were completely out of water and this RV shows up and they have done a, a family transcom as well. And uh, with kids, right? So mom, dad, uh, I think it was a 12 year old, seven year old and like six year old. Wow. Yeah. And so they, you know, they, they resupplied us and we kept on going. And so just luck of the draw. And I think that all of your needs as far as food and water and everything will be met on the road for sure. Um, Wow. I don't, I don't think you're going through any place like the loneliest road or anything like that. You'll always have a gas station um, to resupply. Like it's pretty, it's pretty easy. So I I, I was nervous about that. Right. I got to carry everything myself. Right. So my bags were super loaded. Uh, with rice and beans and uh, tortillas, peanut butter and jelly, because when peanut butter and jelly tortillas was the bomb.com. That was, <laughs> I've said that twice in this meeting and I'm a little ashamed of it, uh, <laughs> but it was, it was really awesome. Like um, already eating those and he's not even on the road yet. I, I use, <laughs> I use, uh, I use tortillas for that. So I have a peanut butter That's and jelly burrito. Yeah. 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 It's perfect. It's the best food because bread gets too smushed. Right. And so you can put a whole lot more uh, carbohydrates in there. And so rice and then oatmeal. And that was what we ate every single day, just about. Yeah. I think the benefit for us is that we're going to have vehicle support when we go through this. And so we can just stuff vehicles, but I was kind of interested to see your perspective on when you go solo, like how do you manage those long hundred plus mile areas with nothing? Oh my God. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Uh, we would roll through, you know, an Arby's uh, and then just stuff our shirts with sandwiches <laughs> or whatever. Like just literally anything, any calorie you could find. That's awesome. So how about for hotels? Um, I mean, did you guys always camp out? Did you guys uh, do, you know, uh, I know some people watching some videos off YouTube, they would, you know, once a week stay at a hotel just to get a, a shower. What was, how did you guys approach it? Uh, when we were having a really awful day, we got a hotel like, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> we need, like, that was our, um, we wanted to do this. Yeah, exactly. Like we were kind of ashamed at first to sleep in a hotel. We were like, no, nah, I mean, we're, we're going to, you know, stealth camp and we're going to sleep on, uh, on the ground the whole time. But man, it beat us up, uh, after a while. And so sleeping in a hotel was, just luxury. Uh, we also used a website called, um, not Kickstarter. Uh, uh, oh, the name is escaping me. It's like couch surfing, but warmshowers.org. That's what it is. Um, and that is a whole bunch of people who are cyclists, cycle enthusiasts. And they say, Hey, you know, if you're coming through here on a bike, you can stay at my house and, you know, we'll go out on the town. We'll have a night or, uh, you can use the couch, whatever. Um, and so we right. stayed at a lot of people's house that way. Wow. Which I'm sure definitely helped out with uh, financing, you know, financially getting through this really long journey. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and, and it was really, that's why we were going. One of the reasons like we were riding across America was to see the different places. Jeff was looking for a new spot to live, but I was there to meet the people. Right. Mm-hmm. So that was a really good way to, uh, to, to, to be introduced to the area. That's awesome. When you, when you did that warmshowers.org, uh, how many people did you, I mean, was it pretty plentiful finding people along the way? Oh yeah. Especially if you're going on the um, transcontinental uh, there's, it's going to be loaded for sure. Oh, wow. Okay. So when, how did you handle finding a place to sleep when no camping sites were around? So you mentioned stealth camp camping. I assume that's, 
the way you guys kind of did it? Oh, I loved stealth camping. It was the best. <laughs> Can you kind uh, of explain what, what that involves? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the very first time we did it, Jeff was really sketched out about it. Uh, and I don't blame him. We rolled up. So on the West Coast, it's $5 per site for a campground. Uh, it's all hiker biker stuff. So if you're hiking or biking, it's three or $5. So super affordable. Started, started getting away from that. Uh, we went to an RV park and it was $47 to camp, uh, pitch a tent. And we were like, wow. no way. That is, that is stupid. And was so, that still in California or was that? Yeah, it was like, uh, in Northern California. Jeez. And, uh, we were like, no way we're not, we're not doing that. And I looked across the street and it looked kind of like this overgrown road. I said, Hey, let's just like ride in there and see if we can stealth camp, like see if there's somewhere, you know, kind of secluded. So we ride up there and at the top of the hill is a graveyard. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, uh, well, I don't think anybody's going to bother us. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like, I think we should be good. And Jeff was just not having it, but I eventually convinced him and we stayed at the graveyard. Uh, and in the middle of the night, some people, some kids with like flashlights were coming at us, uh, coming our way. But then I just like shook a tree branch and then they ran off. <laughs> <laughs> and they're probably still going through counseling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so after that, I was like, yeah, this is the way to do it. It was free. Uh, it was kind of, you know, it was just fun uh, to begin with. And then so we'd go through major cities and there's not any land to sleep at so we would go to a big box home like home improvement store and sleep in the sheds out front <laughs> that was phenomenal because it's a, that's amazing yeah it's an immediate like little room to yourself it's great next to the parking lot they would sleep inside them. Mm -hmm. wow so how about like uh i i've heard people staying or contacting like local parks or uh churches even a lot of churches will allow you to uh, put a tent up. Uh, did you have any experience doing that? Uh, yeah, we, we stayed in parks and beside churches. We didn't contact anybody though, because we were usually ro rolling in after dark and we were out before sunrise. Um, okay. We did get confronted by the cops twice uh, wh while stealth camping. And both times um, we just woke up, said, Hey, you know, we'll be gone before the sun comes up. Like, just please let us sleep. I'm so tired. And they, they were like, okay, we'll be back at seven o'clock. Just be gone. And then they would just let us go back to sleep and then we'd roll on. Wow. So, I mean, I think that they're pretty understanding. Uh, so going into, so we talked about all the, you know, camping stuff. So the next thing would be weather, right? So I'm sure you, you had some rainy days or some really crappy inclement weather days. Did you ride through those days? Uh, how did you handle that? Yeah, the only, so we made a calculated decision. We said, hey, does the, the route look populated, right? Does it look like it's going to be a lot of traffic? If so, uh, if it's raining real bad, we don't ride. Um, yeah. Just, just it, how many people do I have the opportunity to, to get hit by <laughs> in the rain? Uh, if that number is below our like comfortable threshold, then we would ride. <laughs> Did you, were you disrupted a lot by weather? Uh weather was actually one of our driving elements, right? So I wouldn't say disrupted as it, it held us back a lot. It really made us go faster because we would know that a storm's coming and we were like, Oh dude, we can't stop and get caught in this. Like no way. Okay. So we would, um, again, going back to those, um, 
those mountains where the hot springs were, mm-hmm. we would get over one set of mountains and then it's flat for like a long time in between these, like these valleys, but we'd get over one or two sets and then look back. And then that mountain range was covered in snow and we're like, <laughs> no. And then, so we have to just wow. keep going like faster and faster to try to outrun that, that snow uh, storm. It was pretty, pretty cool. Wow. So how about, um, one of the Uh-oh. biggest concerns, yeah, Ashley had to, she had to step out, but she did want me, uh, and I'll edit this part out. She did want me to, uh, she had to go take care of her kids. Uh, she said, uh, he provided so much insight. Thank you. Please tell him, thank you so much for, for me. And, uh, if there's an opportunity to get more, uh, to do this again, she'd love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Always available. So now, uh, for, go ahead. Uh, what, what kind of, maybe you're going to hit this clay, but, uh, what, what kind of equipment did you bring with you? Like cables or. As uh, far as fixing my bike. Yeah. Oh, or did you uh, worry about- yeah, we, we just really worried about, uh, we had like the multi-tool, right? We both worked at bike shops in the past. So we had experience, uh, working on bikes. So just a multi-tool, uh, a, a, um, a bike pump, a, uh, just a bunch, a bunch of patches <laughs> like loaded up on them. The, the thing we had a problem keeping in stock was glue. Duh, funny enough, like the, the, the glue that goes from on the patch. Right. So if you ever run into that situation, you can use tree sap and p- patch. Your oh, time. wow. Well, what they have now, uh, I, I use them all the time now is uh, patches that already have the adhesive right on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really sticky, really good patches. So. So when yep. you said bike pump, are you, did you do CO2 pumps or did you do like the hand pumps that attach to your bike? The very small hand pumps that t- attach to your bike. Yeah. Because CO2 for us, right. After, after we learned uh, during the first two or three weeks, we were like, we have to shed weight. We are way too heavy. And so we were sending back clothes and all kinds. We sent back so much stuff. Um, uh, but CO2 cartridges are just, you know, weight that you don't need mm-hmm. so. and you can't carry enough. so with um sending stuff back were you able to get it down to where you didn't have to use a trailer or did you always have the trailer we always had the trailer because jeff didn't have panniers so i only had uh, rear panniers and then i had a full-size pillow on top of that with my sleep pad on top of that um my full-size pillow was my creature comfort uh, you know, just one thing to say, Hey, I'm still a person. Yeah. Uh, and then my sleeping be, bag was in, in my, in between my handlebars. Got it. We're going to be like a, a five-star trip. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be great. Lauren's actually talking about, uh, how great it would be if we get a fifth wheel for the truck. Wow. And I'm like, yes, oh, yeah. that's a great idea. That'd be super nice. That'd be fun. I love I love how ideas cause you to get more toys. It's just, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, uh, you could also, the trailer that you pull, uh, you could just sleep in that too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I do like the idea of sleeping under the stars in like a tent with just the mesh top with no cover on it. You know, mm-hmm. I think, I feel like that's a, a, a really cool piece of the experience. And so I think for the way I intend on doing it, if we do get uh, a, behind trailer is that, yeah, i'm sure some nights i'd probably go in there but there's definitely on on good nice clear nights is sleeping out in the tent oh yeah 
Uh, we we, pulled, we had a, a one-person tent that we both slept in on occasion, and then um, a That's cozy. <laughs> you got super cozy. <laughs> so one of my, one of my biggest concerns is safety. Mm-hmm. So when you're, you know, I just I've been binge watching YouTube videos of people doing trans cons, and um, when I think on almost every single video, someone points out the fact, hey, look at this 18 wheeler passing me by at 65 miles an hour with no shoulder. So Mm -hmm. that part makes me cringe a little bit. So how did you handle safeties specifically in respect to, you know, you know, no shoulder or on roads that have more traffic? Oh, hold your line. Like you just really have to, to, hope (laughs) i know one guy he took things into his own hands and there's a law that like uh they're supposed to give you three feet of clearance all cars are uh Mm -hmm. supposed to give you three feet and so he took a metal rake and attached it to his bike uh, perpendicular about three Hmm. feet out and so anybody who would come close to it would get their car like uh scratched up wow Uh, yeah we didn't you know that's a bit aggressive so they come back and shoot you yeah 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 i mean he had flags all over his bike like he was real he was he was he was visible yeah um but i mean we just had reflectors and uh you know a bright jacket and if it was raining things like that did you i i assume that you guys probably had like flashing lights and stuff on the rear uh yeah jeff did Mm -hmm. yeah okay uh was there any Sorry. Go ahead. How about charging? Go ahead. How about keeping your phones charged? I imagine they went dead quite a bit. Uh, you know, it, not as much as you would think, uh, because if, if we weren't using them for GPS, we weren't using them. You know, right. we we just they were in the bag or whatever all day, and then wherever we would go to eat that night, if we you know found a McDonald's or something, we would just plug up. Yeah. Nice. Except for um, 350 mile rides. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, luckily that's just a straight shot. So we knew where we were going. Yeah. Yeah. So you already mentioned kind of going more into the equipment side of the house here. You already mentioned the type of bike that you uh, you took with you. Uh, one of the questions would be uh, that we're talking about is, should we bring tri bars with us or not? Uh, I, I would definitely not suggest that. Um because tri bars are you'll you'll get a minimal amount of uh, efficiency out of them for a maximal amount of discomfort uh okay you know because you're leaned over um you know a lot of pressure on on parts that you just don't want pressure on uh and, and, and you know your neck is is craned up you know 90 degrees just about so i i would i would i would say no um they're, they're good racing, uh, a good piece of racing equipment, but not for long distance things. Yeah. Especially to your point of like day after day after day, having your neck up like that, it's probably going to cause some problems. Mm-hmm. So talking about some pressure in areas that you don't necessarily want pressure on, how did you prevent your, your butt from getting sore? <laughs> I wish I could tell you I did. <laughs> <laughs> I did not. I, so I used a stock saddle. Jeff used uh, one that he um, he found because like, he worked at a bike shop, right? So he got one of the upgraded nice nice saddles. 
I used the, the one that came on the bike and it was the biggest mistake that I could have done. Uh, wow. I hurt so bad the whole, whole time. Uh, at one point, my saddle sores. I'm sorry. Did you use any of that saddle butter I've heard about? Oh yes. That is a lifesaver. Chamois butter. Yeah. Uh, it'll, it'll save your life uh, for sure. That's just from the, the chafing aspect of it. Right. But then also the pressure of the actual seat, make sure that it's uh, right for your, for your sit bones. Um, now you, but, you say, oh, I'm sorry. You said he had an upgraded seat. What kind of seat was that? Oh, I, I don't know. It's one of those things where uh, they have this little gel pad that you can go sit on in the stores and it'll yeah. measure where your ischial tuberosity or your sit bones are. And yeah. then that tells you the width of the, the saddle, what, what the width of the saddle needs to be. Yeah. So he got like a custom pad fitted to his butt. Uh, <laughs> kind of. Nah, so the, the little gel thing just shows you the width of your bones like how, how wide they are. And then oh, you I see match what that to the, the, the width of the saddle. Got it. Okay. That makes yeah. more sense. I was going to say, if they make custom uh, butt saddles, that's pretty amazing. Yeah. 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 So the, the most custom thing that you could probably get is this uh, leather saddle. Um, the name is escaping me right now, but they're, they're completely leather. You have to watch out for them, like with water and stuff, you have to like put a, uh, a cover on it, but after about a couple hundred miles, it forms to your butt. And I've heard that those are the most comfortable touring saddles you can get. And I'm wow. sorry, the name is escaping me right now. That, I, that was actually one of my questions next was, have you heard about the leather ones? I, I kind of heard them in passing, but I don't really know much about them. So, yeah, um, I haven't used it, but I, I hear phenomenal things for sure. And it, they, now, they now have the saddles that have the split down the middle. So you know the prostate and parts can kind of rest in that without having a lot of pressure in it have you tried yeah. those yeah I, I haven't i haven't used one but I, I hear you know some people love them so but if you do get um saddle sores and you need to keep riding you can use that uh like numbing spray um <laughs> and just keep on going wow yeah i haven't even heard of that yeah it's it's like for it's like you know first aid kit you know for like um sores and scrapes yeah. and stuff yeah yeah, yeah. Wow. So um, you already talked about like spare tubes and, and bringing all that stuff. We already talked about bike tires uh, and some special tools uh, like your uh, multi-tool. Uh, how about clothing? How many pairs did you, well, you said you overpacked. So if you would do it again, what would be the ideal number of pairs of clothing that you would take with you? I overpacked and then for, I overpacked for summer clothes and I underpacked for winter clothes. Uh, so man, how many clothes, how many pairs of clothes would I take? I would make sure that I am warm on the bike and then have a nice, comfortable set of, um, uh, like after riding clothes that you can get into. Uh, and so me, I would wear probably two layers on top for when I'm riding and then one on bottom, like a thick, uh, pants, right. Thick Mm -hmm. pants. And then this is for winter time, not, not for, for summer. Summer would be just, you know, the shirt and shorts. Uh, And I would just pick, I would just carry one and one set of clothing uh, and then one set to, to get off, off the bike. But how many, how many sets of riding clothes did you bring? Just, just one, because I was carrying all my stuff and you know, there was weeks where we didn't shower. uh, And so we like, Yep. I stink. I get it. Move along. Right. Just move fast <laughs> enough. So I don't have to smell myself. 
just, just deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you guys have a trailer. Um, you know, it's a different story. I, you, take care yeah. of your hygiene. <laughs> sure. Yeah, so how I, about, how about bike pedals versus clips on, on a transcon? Definitely clips without question. Okay. So, so what type of clips? Um, probably SPDs because they're going to be the most versatile. You're be, you know, they have uh, touring shoes that you can buy that the SPD clips are sort of recessed into the sole of mm. the shoe so you can walk around in stores and stuff. So you can get off the bike without having it coming and protruding off the bottom of the sole and making it super uncomfortable to walk. Right, right. Yep. Perfect. Okay. Uh, planning for food and water. So we kind of talked about water. You get it as you went. And then for food, you would just stock up as you needed, as you went along. If you knew that you're going to go through a long barren area, you just, you just, uh, pack more food just to be able to support that. Yeah. And eventually I just got to the point where I was eating pretty much just rice, honey buns and Gatorades. <laughs> That's just so, all were you were you concerned with the type of calories that you were taking in or for when you burn that many calories it really doesn't matter no so i in the back of my head i was thinking about it but my trip was a lot different right? i was uh, straight out of college um had no money right i was writing a blog so that i could fund this trip as i was going i ran out of money in arizona um and so everybody was like you know sort of uh, I was doing this thing very grassroots style and I didn't know, you know, is this blog going to be good enough for people to send me money? Who knows? So let's eat cheap. And so I was just trying to find the cheapest and most amount of food that I could find. And so honey buns having like what, 400 calories each one. Yeah, let's do it. Let's go. Wow. Did you feel find- okay doing that? Yeah. Yeah, so I, I, w- I would say feel like as far as like physiologically when you're eating high sugar type foods and then burning that many calories. Yeah, I mean, so I think that I had to worry about bonking a little bit more than Jeff did. Are you familiar with that term? Yep, hitting the wall essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just running out of calories just so fast. Uh, but the good news is I, I always had, you know, a, a burst of sugar right there behind it uh, that, you know, that I could just reach in my back pocket and grab. So it, it did affect me a lot more than, than Jeff, um, but, you know, make it through. How, how old were you when you did that, Sean? Uh, good question. Uh, 23 or 24. Oh, geez. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little bit younger than you. <laughs> so Scott's not going to be eating honey buns. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> there was a guy uh, that we heard about because you know you're gonna hear every single guy who's ever done a tour. There, you're you're gonna find them somehow, right? And they're you're gonna swap stories with them, and it's gonna be some of the best parts of your trip. And one of the people that we met, he did a Northern Tier tour where he is a vegan and he could not find food, so he packed a whole bunch of kale in his trailer, and that's oh. what he ate the whole time: raw kale. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's a little much. Yeah. So, uh, you know, y'all will be perfectly fine with, with your food. Yeah. I'm sure y'all hey, have restaurants. And, I'm sorry. How much did he weigh? <laughs> oh, he was a skinny dude. He yeah. was a real skinny guy. Hey. So I have, I have to ask you, Sean, can you still eat honey buns after the amount of honey buns that you ate on that trail? 
You know, I can't even eat dairy now, man. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Why can't you? Just because you're sick of it, or? or yeah, apparently, like uh, I don't know. My body's just now. I'm sick of oatmeal. Uh, I yeah. don't like to eat oatmeal at all, and I can eat it if I want to. Uh, but it's, geez, if I never have to do that again, I'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, at least you guys won't have to worry yeah. too much about food because we'll be there. The five star, five star tour. Yeah, this is gonna be comfortable. No, now it's just going to be different than mine, right? It it will be um, uncomfortable, I promise. <laughs> you'll, you'll have your moments. I'm going to yeah. take that clip right there and just uh, put that on my ears every, you know, during the hard parts of the trail. It's like, oh, it's going to be comfortable. I'm like, damn you, Clay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's something so, I was, I was going to say earlier is um, I really like the, what you know, the reason y'all are doing your trip. And um, I think that, you know, Jeff and I, we, we, we were in our best friends, but there, there's something about it where you just spend so much time with one person doing something that's so hard. Uh, you're going to snap at each other and you're going to end up fighting, but you know, you still have to keep going with what you're, you're trying to accomplish. And then through that, you know, the, the bond grows even stronger. So like the idea yeah. of y'all coming together on the back end of this, even better than you are now, it's, it's really good. Nice. Well, yeah. I'm I'm so excited for this thing. It's it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, when speaking of that kind of off topic here a little bit, so when you guys didn't see eye to eye on things, um, how would you guys resolve those? It's just simple communication. Even though, like, I'm sure there's some point on the trail that it just became, you know, I don't even want to listen to you talk right now. <laughs> oh yeah, very much that. Uh, you know what, why don't you just stay 400 yards behind me all day? Um, <laughs> there was one point at the Grand Canyon where we were, uh, we were almost throwing fists, uh, because he wanted to be at the Grand Canyon by his birthday. Uh, it, we were getting rained on in 30 degree weather. I'm not a fan of the cold, like cannot stand it. Um, and it was just a really rough time. Uh, our miscommunication was through the roof. It was, uh, just thing after thing was just beating us up and we took it out on each other. But then, you know, uh, the day, the night was bad, but then the morning came and we had a little truce over coffee and then we were good to go. Yeah. So did you guys, you guys both finished together, right? Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, so going back to food and water, my last question for water, did you do camelbacks or did you keep all the bottles on the bike? Uh, on the, on the bike, on the bike and in the trailer. Yeah. I would imagine would um, be, like yeah. you're just so, so sweaty all day. You know, you need to get that moisture off your body and a camelback will help keep that moisture right on your back. Like this, the sweat, not the actual water that you're yeah. drinking. The, the worst kind of moisture. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so uh, camping. So we talked about that a little bit. My, uh, my question for camping though, because I, I do intend on, intend on doing at least some, uh, Scott, I don't know if you would, you know, want to forego your five seasons, uh, hotel on wheels to, uh, <laughs> camp out a little bit, <laughs> but, uh, if, if any of us were to camp out, are there any essential pieces of camping equipment that you would recommend us having? Yeah. A, a sleep pad, uh, the one that you blow up and then have patches for it. So, 
uh, <clears throat> are you familiar with sleep pads? Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, not like a big, fat, thick mattress, but sort of, you know, the half inch or inch thick ones. Uh, and, and don't skimp on that one. Like that is the best piece of equipment on planet Earth because getting off the ground and having that air insulate you uh, is, is a, a game changer. Yeah, I bet. And those are really aren't that expensive either. I've seen uh, some listed for probably like 500 or I'm sorry, 50 to a hundred dollars, something like that. Easy. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a good price, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so granted you did this adventure, this, this, your bike ride a while ago. Um, and so technology was a little bit different than it is now, but what, what pieces of gear did you if you did uh, use to, to capture your, your journey? Uh, we used a GoPro. Um, I think the hero three or something like that. Um, it was, it was really good. Uh, I would, I would definitely take a GoPro because you can mount okay. it to different angles of the bike. The audio is absolute garbage. So don't plan on using, using that, but um, yeah, that's pr pretty much all that I felt like carrying. Uh, you know, I, I, you guys can afford to take a big camera or something like that, which would really be nice. But um, yeah, definitely, definitely go for the GoPro because you can get underwater shots. Just it's a it's a good piece of equipment. So, were you did you take a computer with you in order to transfer the memory or the data from the SD card, or did you just take multiple small like micro SD cards with you to capture everything and then deal with that when you got back? Yeah, we just had a bunch of SD cards. Okay, how many did um, you have? Um, five or six, something like that. Oh, really? Hmm. Yeah, you can fit a you can fit a lot on those little things now. Yeah. So if you were to, if you were to do it again, now considering, you know, everything that you took away from your, uh, your, your transcon, is there any, especially in this day and age now, when technology is a little bit more advanced, uh, like I say that, like it was so long ago for you, <laughs> but it, in technology terms, it is right. Yeah. Right. So like, is there anything else that you would recommend for us to take with us to be able to capture as much of this as possible? <clears throat> um what 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 elements are you trying to capture like uh the actual writing or the story between you guys yeah i think a little bit of both so yeah, can, um i was thinking we could use phones for a lot of the stuff when we're camping around and use the gopro yeah. when we're writing yeah pictures on the phones and then even for video a little bit because even video now on phones is just phenomenal yeah, def definitely. You want more video than pictures because I look back and I see pictures and I'm like, okay, I have an image here, but I don't remember this. Right. So that video sort of pieces it all together. Yeah. That's a great piece of advice. Um, shoot. I had a question and it I can't remember what it was. Okay. Um, so do you have any other questions on, on technology, Scott? Well, uh, a lot, kind of along the same lines was um, if you were to do that trip and doing it the way we're doing it, what would you suggest we add to our trip or include in our trip? I, I would sort of designate someone to um, be the, the camera person and get, you know, one of those uh, Canon D cameras or whatever. Like if, if, you know, funds was not an issue. 
um, just some sort of good camera, but a better lens. Um, that that is going to make a big difference, and then some sort of microphone uh, to just to to really capture everything in a cinematic sort of sort of way. Um, but if you're just trying to capture moments, then I mean you're you're spot on, right? You you can just use the uh, the phones, video, pictures, GoPro, and uh, just keep recording. Um, and 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 not limiting it to uh, just recording it, but as far as any other comforts, creature comforts that you would think that we should bring along. Oh yeah, uh, I'm a big movie guy. I any, nice. Yeah, I loved when I would stay at somebody's house and they were just like, "What do you want to do? Can we please just watch a movie? Like, <laughs> I just want to drink a beer and watch a movie." Like. And so, uh, you know, an iPad with, you know, a couple movies on it would, would be the, my, my well, got that Yeah, our van has um, um, a drop-down CD player. And I'm sure we could fit five in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, oh, that'd be awesome. That'd be so much fun. I can just only imagine like, oh, maybe like a little grill. Uh, and so that y'all can just, you know, cook your own stuff and just watch, watch TV. Yeah, that'd be a fun, fun time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a great idea. A little grill setup. Well, our van has a, a Coleman a, a, and an awning that we roll out that we can people can sleep under if it's you know raining. Oh, yeah. Got. Uh, you, oh, that's that's awesome. Awesome. you guys have me sold right now. I'm just going to sleep under your awning the whole time. <laughs> it, it rolls out really easy, and that's great. Um, we also have a, a toilet seat that is like a folding chair that folds up and a tent that um, it goes in. Oh. So we always have that. Almost like a little telephone booth. Yeah. Oh, you, nice. know, you, you know what, Sean? I'll, I'll send you some video once we're done with <laughs> R and you're going to be like cursing us. It's like, are you kidding <laughs> no, me? I, I promise you, I won't. Uh, <laughs> you know, there's so That's many we're, ways. We're older do... and wiser. See, we're not, we're not <laughs> doing stuff. Oh, older and, and frailer. Frailer. Yeah, and, and, more, and more fiscally sound. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, there's so many ways to do these these uh, bike tours, right? From the, the race across America where they do it in like 10 days. That's to, insane. Yeah, to people just taking a year and a half to do it, right? Like, uh, they're it's it's one of the coolest things on earth that i've ever uh found and it's that cycle touring because you can do it every single way imaginable and it's everybody's tour is going to be different right like yeah. you cannot have my tour yeah, that was yeah mine. Right? Well, that's so, what um don't don't compare yourself because it's yeah. it's yours yeah yeah well this is kind of cool up until now it's been oh yeah we're going to do it out there in the future and now it's a little starting closer. to sink in to be, Ooh, this is real. This is yeah. real. Yeah. Those butterflies start kicking in. It's a good time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm already starting to actually put some, some miles in. I know Scott goes, you go every day, at least what, 20 miles or so, right? 20 miles a day. Oh yeah. yeah. You're, you're, you're good. Yeah. So, uh, good I'm really excited and, and it's, 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 it compounds in a lot of different ways for me personally, because, the reason why we're doing it, uh, you know, as this new family is, I think, the most paramount and the most amazing thing that we could do for the purpose we can do this for. Uh, but 
also to add that this is going to be my transition from military to civilian. Mm-hmm. And so going through the country that you served for 20 years and meeting it in a very intimate way and, you know, getting new relationships with people that you've never met before and seeing, you know, different spots that, you know, are remote, but amazing. I, I just, I, I get goosebumps even talking about, it. I think it's just, I just can't wait. That's so wild. Like I, and, and you, you summed it up perfectly, right? Like I did mine before the Navy and then I went into, you know, I met her and then I, now, now I serve for server. So it's funny that you're on the back end of it, just doing it in a different order. It's, it's really cool. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so we have some more questions to get through. Uh, I have another list here that we, we all uh, contributed to for self, like physical, mental things. Like what did your training plan look like and uh, injuries and all that kind of stuff. But if it's okay with you, Sean, I would really like to hold that off for another time. And I, I would like to do that specifically because Kyle wasn't able to be a part of this. Mm-hmm. And um, he had some of the things that came up today that he couldn't get around. Uh, and I really, uh, think it'd be important for him to, to be a part of a call with you as well at some point. And so are you good if I reach out to him and see, uh, what would work well with him and get with, uh, Ashley and Scott and kind of work out another time, maybe next weekend or the weekend after, uh, whenever our schedules kind of sync up so we can, uh, do the last section here. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, uh, available as long as you need me. That's awesome. Appreciate this, Sean. Absolutely. So that concludes part two of the interview with Sean. Part three will hopefully come out within the next week or so. But for now, that's all we got for you. Thanks for listening.